Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages from around the globe, welcome to the Meta Show. I am Bruce Grubal. I am joined alongside the Matani. We have Merkel Chen and Anominate, our two favorite not-me CSM representatives here. Today is February the 19th, 2022. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. we got a yes, ton of stuff to talk we... about today, boss. Do yes, we do. Yes, we do. It has been a busy week in Eve Online, not just in terms of CCP, but uh, there's been a lot of spaceship violence, which we are always big fans of. There's been this continued fraternity versus snuffed out grudge, or whatever the hell it is. The drama of how many dreads are trapped or not trapped. Now there's a a purge campaign, possibly. We'll be getting into that, uh, and the long-awaited. Uh, we have so much news today. So much news. The, the long-awaited Pearl Abyss Q4 results are in, uh, and they are big number go down. That's the spoiler. Big number go down. It doesn't go down huge amounts, but it goes down enough that it sort of dovetails into what else we'll be talking about today, uh, which is the CCB dev blog. Uh, talking about the amazing things that are going to be coming, allegedly, uh, which was followed up within less than 24 hours by the revelation that for months the dynamic bounty system has been completely broken. And the only way that we found out about this was because uh, a dev posted about it on Reddit and announced it. We'll be getting into that. Uh, so there's just, there is a uh, it, it, there's a shit blizzard. It's a shit blizzard. We're, and there's snow squalls and shit blizzards. We're, we're going to dive into it. It's going to be great. Uh, and I'm delighted that we have Merck and Nam on as guests. So we have three CSMs for you on the show today, and they're going to be helping us navigate uh, whatever the hell is going on currently. Uh, you, you know, you, you really never know when it comes down from uh, news from Reykjavik. Uh, it can be good one day and the next day you wake up and you find out that half of the values in the galaxy's economy are broken again while they've been promising prosperity. So, uh, Brisk, how do we help, help us navigate through this, Brisk? Help all right. Me. Well, all right. So, look. Hi, Mark. Hi, Nam. How are you guys doing? I have to. I hey, have buddy. to say hi to you right as you're drinking, right? That's okay. Yeah. Hi. That's, that's uh, do you it. know what? That's doesn't it. that happen like every time you're at a restaurant too? You're oh. like, let me take 16 ounces of this burrito into my mouth at one time, and the server's like, so how's the food? And you're like, <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Thank you. That's good. Mom, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm pretty sure you would go find me to get you a better camera. Is that what this is? Is that what's happening here? It's. It is aggressively trying to autofocus away from me. Uh, I want to give a I, shout out here for Natural for throwing twenty gift subs at the room. That is that is very impressive. Thank now you. That's dude. what I'm talking about. And that is a uh, a maxed out, almost a maxed out level five hype trade. Ninety five percent. I'm getting you guys good. Are good. I'm you guys are good. Thank this. you. We're we appreciate this. it. Okay. And we even have we even have a first time viewer saying hi. Hi, Blasio. Well, so I, you know, I don't normally do that, but you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling nice today, so we're going to say hi to people. So, all right, to get started, I've got a bunch of little stuff that I want to just throw out, and get off our plate because we have some cool things that have happened this week. Little, not big enough to do a whole segment on, but just something nice. So, the first thing is, last night, ladies and gentlemen, Rampage Incorporated had its second major charity auction. And you guys are not going to believe this, although I'm surprised that uh, the first one was as big as it was, but this one is just as big. So check this out. A painting done by Mrs. Brisk, my wife, sold for $1,025 with all funds going to the ASPCA, the American Society for Pre Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. This was chosen by Neo 
It's uh, it's a it's a bottle of it says Neo's new boot goof and it's an inside joke from Rampage Incorporated. If you haven't seen that show, come on and watch us. We are on every night, oh one thirty Eve, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time. Merk, myself, and um, I don't know why the screen. Oh, I'm on the wrong screen. That's why I should be on this screen that has everybody on it. There we go. So this is this was this was a result of the auction. $1,025. This is the second auction we have done. We have generated so far almost $5,000 worth of donations to various charitable organizations on Rampage. Thanks to you guys for being the best, most compassionate, most freely giving of your money community in online gaming. There ain't nobody like us. Mark, what do you have to say about this? It's pretty wicked. Uh, first and foremost, I should mention you guys had a ton of gift subs. Crazy. That was a pretty huge bomb, buddy. Thanks for that. Um, and Jackalive, both crazy. 26. Yep. Very nice. Thank you. There you go. Super awesome. Professional e-athlete streamers here. That. We recognize things like that because we're professionals. So 427. Uh, the the primary thanks obviously go to uh, Brisk's better half, Mrs. Brisk Rubal. She has put together all these different paintings and memes and just funny little things. We've done some as charity uh, auctions. She's put some up on her Etsy, just like last second, you know, like a karma fleet birthday. But the one thing that they all have in common is 100% of the proceeds of every single one of them has gone to charity. So it's kind of fun when your stupid little internet community it's in spite of itself does charming and fun and nice things for the planet earth. So big, big thank you to uh, Mrs. Brisk and, and, and thanks to everybody who's kept up with it. We have exceeded all expectations by a significant amount and are super happy and, and proud. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So thank you guys for that. Mrs. Brisk, I love you. You're amazing. You are uh, the cement that keeps our community together, even though you don't actually play Eve. Go figure. We like the Eve adjacent as much as we like the Eve player. So thank yes, you very we much. Do. Yes, we do. Now, the second thing I'm going to throw up here, this is exciting. I would like to say congratulations to our dear friend, CCP Aurora. She was part of the EVE community team and has been promoted to the EVE game design team. She's going to be working as a game designer. For those of you who don't know CCP Aurora, I would just like to ask, where the fuck have you been you have must been living under a rock because if you don't know who she is then you've not been paying attention to the alliance tournament you've not been paying attention to any of the csm elections you're not but you didn't go to e vegas last year she is one of the best players that has turned into a ccp er in a long time we love her very much she's great uh she's done a great job she was one of the primary focuses behind getting the alliance tournament back her and ccp swift and ccp convict all worked very hard to do that she took the lead and made that possible and taught herself how to do all this game design stuff while she was doing it. So congratulations to CCP Aurora. We're looking forward to working with you. I think, uh, Mark Nam, you guys have anything to add in that since we both well, were, all work with her? Uh, I mean, it's no secret that she's a null sec player. And I think it really, really helps anytime you get somebody in the room who n checks the box. Number one, do they play Eve online? Because it is less people than you would think that is super, super valuable. And number two, it's really, really helpful. If uh, that person's gameplay is similar to the uh, gameplay that you and your pals engage in. So happy to see it. Congratulations. Excellent. Yeah. Where, uh, where CCP lacks uh, their own people playing the game. They really lack people who have uh, uh, null sec involvement of any kind. 
So having her and Swift on the community team was great. Having her as a game designer, even better. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to see what she's working on. I understand, at least from our conversations with her, she's already jumped in with two feet. It'll be fun to see what she starts working on. Third thing, for those of you who are interested in live events, just want to remind everyone that Guardians Gala is running right now. It's well underway. You've probably seen the login campaign. They're selling you a bunch of stuff. If you don't want to buy it, don't worry about it. But the most important thing is the sites, the event sites and everything, they run through February 22nd. These are pretty good money. Merck and Nam and I have been running these. We've gotten a lot of skins. A lot of people are making a lot of money on the Guardians Gala. Or the Guardians Gala, depending on how you pronounce Gala. I like Gala. But anyway, it's it's been fun. I hope you guys have been out there and had a chance to do that. Now, the last thing, I don't have anything special for this because we're still working on it. But last night, last night, our dear friend Hyper Viper, the man, the myth, the legend, who is Mr. E. Vegas himself, came on Rampage Incorporated and announced the dates for E. Vegas 2022. They are... October the 20th through the 23rd, that is Thursday, October 20th through Sunday, October 23rd. We are adding a day. Typically, it's Friday through Sunday. We're adding a day. It's now Thursday through Sunday. There will be a big dinner at the Quinceanera Hall that we all love from two years ago. Hell yeah. Thursday night. So keep in mind, listen, we know that this is eight months from now, but let me just tell you, Eve Vegas is the premier non-fan fest Eve get together. We will do it whether CCP is there or not. We did it last year without them, although we did have a couple, we had three CCPers that, that were, were there and we did get some help from them. But if, even if it's not a major CCP sponsored fan fest type event, we're going to do it anyway. This year we are back on the strip. We're suggesting everybody get hotels. There's not going to be one main hotel, although I think, boss, you did say uh, Planet Hollywood will potentially be our base of operations for the Goons Form Federation. Is that right? That That is correct. Yeah, we're going to logically be using the Heart Bar again as a ground zero for all Eve-related insanity and activities for meeting each other, finding each other after hangovers. We're going back to the strip, boys and girls. Uh, and again, I, one of the things I, I really want to point out here is how much work Hyper Viper and the crew put in to make this happen most recently in October uh, and stepping up to do it again. Uh, it, it was a little weird how sometimes you had people going like, gosh, I wish there was more panels. Gosh, I wish there was more of this. Gosh, I wish there was more of that. Like literally Hyper Viper and the volunteer crew through E-Vegas this year during a pandemic with basically no official support whatsoever other than if you throw the party, we'll put CCB's stamp of approval on it so i'm not gonna if i hear one person complain about how at the event that a bunch of volunteers threw last year uh how there needs to be more panels and more eve this and eve that you're probably right and maybe ccp should step up and do something on that avenue but we are going to throw a badass party this year just like we threw last year there will always be an e-vegas it doesn't matter whether there's a ccp rubber stamp on it or not uh our people need 
to party and we will be there. And I'm looking forward to being back on the strip. So shout outs again to, uh, to hyper Viper and all of the E Vegas volunteers. It's not just hyper Viper. There's a whole crew of people who help make this thing happen every year. Uh, and, uh, just words in advance. If you're going to complain about how there weren't enough panels or discussions or things like that in an event run by volunteers, uh, you know, take it up with CCP. It is going to be a blast. I'm delighted to hear that we're going to get Thursday through Sunday and that we're going to be back at the Quinceanera hall. Cause that was an amazing, amazing time. And Hyper has told me, I, I understand that there will be a CCP presentation on Thursday. We don't know what form that will take, but there will be something official coming from the company Thursday night. I hope we will have a big enough screen at the Quinceanera hall to show it anyway. It it's important to mention just for anybody who's kind of questioning, usually we're super, super clear and distinct about what particular hotel people are going to be staying in and what the agenda is going to look like. There will be an agenda to come. We talked about it a little bit last night. We're going to try to bounce around a little bit just for change of scenery. I, I think last year at the Circa, we kind of, we really liked the lobby bar. The staff was good and they had more than enough people working. So we just glommed onto that so hard that I, I probably spent, all but a couple hours standing there this year will be a little bit different in in that we'll bounce around but like mitten said the heart bar is a really really good nexus of activity they've got a lot of like cocktail waitresses and stuff like that that they can throw at you if the group gets really really big which in some of our other experiences at some of the other resorts they can't handle that stuff very well so we know this place planet hollywood is is not a, a beauty queen or anything like that by any means but it is a perfectly acceptable normal hotel tell where I would not anticipate to have to worry about things like bed bugs or broken elevators or that kind of stuff. It's so not the you, fucking link. <laughs> right. If, if you, you want to stay somewhere else, there are a half a dozen hotels very, very close for people on the top end of the budget, places like Cosmo, for people that are lower down on the budget, places like Paris, the link, mm. the Flamingo, those are all right there on top of each other. The Bellagio is across the street. I say across the street, that's 15 minute walk. That's but, a long uh, walk yeah, in Vegas. You, you kind of get what I'm saying. When in doubt or if you're not sure, just stay at Planet Hollywood. Uh, that's where most of us are going to be um, one way or another. So you won't have any trouble keeping up with the group. It's really, really important to mention. And if somebody could link it in chat, that would be so helpful. The Imperium Party Discord that Hyper runs. If you've never been to one of these events before and you're thinking, okay, number one, I don't think anyone's ever been murdered at one of these goon party events, which is true. Knock on wood. Um, as, am I the kind of person that can handle meeting up with my friends on the internet? Sure. Why not? Well, then what do you do when you actually get there? You join the party discord. Thanks guys. You join the party discord. If you're an early riser, it's 6 a.m. You're looking for friends to go get breakfast. You post a message. And before you know it, you got a full table of people. It, you know, if you're like me, you wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon and try to remember, put the pieces back together of your life and what happened the night before. You know, you can uh, you can assemble with people for that really, really late brunch or something like that is a very valuable tool. Go ahead. No, Robbie, Robbie's exactly like 6 a.m. Are you nuts? Listen, we agree with you. OK, look, we agree with you. Merck and Nam and I tend to go really, really hard in the paint on Thursday night. And then we like we're going to bed as we're seeing people coming down, going to breakfast. And we're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So, yes, we understand 6 a.m. No, you don't have to get up at 6 a.m. Don't worry. 6 p.m. is a better time to wake up in Vegas. Just saying 6, 6 a.m. is bedtime. Right. <laughs> you should be going to bed then. That's it. Anyway. All right. I, I think we're I think we're at the point where it's time to talk some shit. Uh, All right. Our, so. I, here we go. We're gonna. I'm going to push the button. We're going to go into Pearson to Corporate Veil. We have a number of CCP-related things we're going to talk about today, not the least of which, the most important, obviously, was the big announcement 
the Road to Fan Fest roadmap that CCP put out on Tuesday. We're going to talk to you guys about it, what it means, what folks thought about it, and what we think it's going to mean for the future right after our little cutscene. All right. So on Tuesday, we got to start a one-hour CCP TV presentation that included Carnero, CCP Rattati, CCP Burger, and CCP Swift. They went over what they are calling the Road to FanFest, a new era approaches. Now, they I felt like I watched the entire one-hour episode of the show, and I felt like for the first half an hour, they were burying the lead. They talked about everything that nobody cared about, and they finally got to the big things that people liked. So I'm not going to do that. If you want to mine, great, there's a new mining thing. Skipping that. Orbital war zones, they're fixing the gantry issue in high sec, which everybody bitched about forever. Great. They're going to add reflections in space. So all you guys with uh, with 3080s and 3090s and RTS, great. Looks going to look nice. That's wonderful. Now, Garden of Gala is back. Together we compress. This was the big announcement. Now, if you recall the Meta Show, I think it was about three months. It was in December. We had Angry Mustache and others on, and we showed the video that one of the players put together that, that talked about compression, the compression mechanic as CCP had envisioned it. And it was going to involve you having to physically move ore from your ore holds, put it in a gun in your high slot. It would spit out over a period of time, the compressed ore. And we figured out that it was going to take something like weeks of time in space to be able to process one single moon worth of moon goo. The collective screeching from the players was loud enough and i'm happy to say we i hope we're part of the leadership of that vanguard of the proletariat that came out and complained about this because it was absolutely absurd the the the, the complaints were to be fair in case people miss this the, the complaints were rather kinetic complaints uh <laughs> kinetic. aimed at the the jita monument um yeah, so it, it is nice to see that they are kind of walking back some of the stupid here. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of nice things in this dev blog, but I'm going to go ahead and say uh, this is my, my fancy line, is the benefit of the doubt is not a God-given right. Uh, we are always cautiously optimistic when CCP puts out a dev blog that says it's going to do something that the players have allegedly asked for. Not allegedly, we wanted various things to be done. Uh, you know, battleships are getting buffed. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, there's a lot of promises in this dev blog. There's not much details. I want this to be nice. I want to say nice things about CCP on the meta show. Uh, when CCP does good things, we try to reward them with compliments, right? Hey, you did a good thing. We're going to give you a gold star tit for tat. You head in the right direction. We're not going to be mean to you. Uh, but certainly, uh, then, uh, you know, as we'll be getting to in a moment, uh, the, the next day it came out that the dynamic bounty system was utterly broken and had been for months and that they hadn't exactly identified that. Um, so, you know, I, I am cautiously optimistic ish. I want to see if they have the capacity to actually implement some of these things. Uh, but we, it, it is important that brisk brought up the fact that there was so much protesting 
that took place in the game, because if you read this dev blog, you wouldn't realize it. It was all, you know, oh, in response to some player feedback, there were riots and your Q4 earnings are in the wrong direction. That's what happened. That's what brought us to where we are today. Uh, it does remind me of the post-Incarna crisis, where it was CTB, you got scared straight after realizing uh, that players have independent thought and independent wallets. Um, and then CCB went to do the crucible expansion, which was to sort of unfuck a lot of the things that had been badly screwed up during the Incarna crisis. Um, so nice dev blog. That's great. Uh, I hope people will actually deliver upon the promises there. Uh, and there, there's more Briss. So I kind of interrupted us there to get in the, Hey, no, there were riots I, and this is were, why we're here. But that's, so. but that's, but I wanted to highlight that because that's important because look, one of the things I want to give CCP credit for, and, and listen, we're, we're going to give them a hard time on the show today as we, as we often do, but we're also going to give them the attaboys that they deserve because listen, and the title of the show, here's what happens when you give the players what they want. They get happy. For the most part, until the, the DBS issue that we discovered later this week, for the most part, people looked at this dev blog and they were excited. They were happy. People were jumping up and down, praising CCP. Wow, you finally got it. You figured it out. So what did they do with compression? They scrapped the entire system that they had been working on that had been on CC that we had tested and said, this is awful. You need to fix it. They did that. And what did they give us? They gave us something that I don't think anyone thought was even remotely possible, and that is the common sense solution of right-click compression for everything, which is what we wanted, but we were too afraid to ask for because we figured we'd never get it. People were talking about compression. What the, what's the mechanic going to be? How bad is it going to be? Is it going to be this? going to be that? going to be that? And I have to say, as a CSM member, we were aware for about a month that they were going to do right-click compression. And... We had told them uh, over and over again, guys, thank you. This is the best thing you could have done. This is very popular. This is what people are going to like. This is what they have now. This is the system that works. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just make it for all the stuff that we can compress now. And they did. Thank you, CCP. Again. I, think this, I think this one's uh, particularly important because um, since the whole scarcity thing started, there have been a number of changes that have been positive, but they've all been a matter of giving back a little bit of something that was taken from us. And this is the first CCP change for the economy where they're really giving us something new. They're letting us do something we couldn't do before. They're letting us uh, compress ice and moon minerals and, you know, even though you could use a Rorqual to compress, uh, if you weren't fly flying a Rorqual yourself, you had to buddy right up next to it. But now, essentially, if you're getting boosts from a Rorqual, you'll be able to uh, compress your own stuff. And so it's and just much and nicer that's the other for thing. everyone who's not flying a Rorqual as well. And that's the other thing. That's the, that's the other big benefit. This wasn't even anything I think anybody was expecting them to do. Because this is such a big quality of life convenience thing that now you're not going to be tethered to wherever the Rourke is on grid. If you're not in a Rourke, if you're Hulk mining or you've got a multiple ships on grid, as long as you are within command burst radius of that Rourke wall. And if the Rourke wall pilot knows what he's doing, and he should, because most people have dedicated Rourke walls that have perfect command boosts. If they've got those perfect command boosts, they should be able to boost up to 200 kilometers away from that Rorqual, which means you don't have to go over and, and do anything. You can sit there in mine and compress in your own ship using the boosts on grid already. That's huge. That's a big time saver. 
And they also, in addition, they doubled the amount of ore that a jet can can hold for those of you who are jet can mining. That's another major quality of life improvement. So here, here's what we got. After worrying and yelling and screaming and complaining about how CCP doesn't get it and they don't understand the game and they're weaponizing inconvenience, we're seeing what is essentially a 180-degree turn away from weaponized inconvenience to giving players things they've asked for that they want that will be helpful in saving them time and energy and tedium. That's great. And that makes me hopeful that maybe we're going to see some more of that. And I think some of the other changes that we're going to go over here that are in this blog are also equally things players asked for that demonstrate at the very least that maybe the era of CCP hand-waving us away and saying we know better what you need than you do is over and we're starting to get the stuff that players are asking for. So let me scoop over here. I'm going to clear off that off the screen. We're going to go and I'm going to show you more of what is in this dev block. So next up, crab season approaches. One of the biggest complaints, because Merck and, and Nam and I have run these crab sites on, on Tranquility a number of times. We've done it on our stream. We've, we've, we've had some fun with them. One of the biggest issues is the cost of the crab beacons themselves was so high it really cut into the amount of isk you could generate from these sites and when you're talking about putting a dread or a carrier worth five or six billion isk on grid and locking it down and making it a target for people uh you need to make sure that the amount of money that they're being able to make generate off of that is sufficient to verify to justify the cost i mean mark you 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 are a big big proponent of this change do you want to talk about it yeah, the, the, it, there's a couple rubs with the crab beacon, and they went after the easiest one first, which that's great. It's going to take the least amount of time to fix it. Crab beacons cost too much. The dreadnoughts that you're putting in them cost too much. If you've got 20 bombers, you can push a dread over that's in a crab beacon. There's enough uh, uh, pressure in the site alone that it, it isn't very hard to tip uh, ships over. So a couple things happened. There was like a, an initial right out of the gates, like us doing it on a stream. Everybody was running them just to try to figure out what's going on, what's the story with it, where are we at? Um, it seemed to regularize a little. We weren't doing it for the money, so that, that, that pressure wasn't really there. But something that we started to notice was, well, shit, if this thing costs 85 million is to drop and we have sites that we make 140 million isk out of, all of a sudden you're like, well, now, forget splitting it three ways because obviously we're over shipping it just to try to protect ourselves a little bit. Uh, but for an individual pilot, like that makes no sense whatsoever. Th this brings like a, a greater issue to the forefront, which is every single income generation source needs to be tuned off of what abyssals are doing right now. They're the best show in town. Everything else is sort of a pathetic secondary uh, source. So the, the, if you're putting a 7 billion revelation out there, you should be making that kind of money. No question asked. Revelation uh, dreads uh, altogether shouldn't cost that much in the first place. That's absurd. Dreads are supposed to be the most expensive ammunition in EVE Online, and they're not right now. Um, so this was at least a good change in that it brought down or will bring down the cost of the beacon itself, which you lose when you're done with the site. So if you're going to make 
150, 180, 200 million from the site, at least the thing that you have to drop to get to do it will cost less. I think they still remain incredibly dangerous. Now, I know that's silly because there's one being run in 1DQ 23 and a half hours a day. I don't even <laughs> understand how that's possible, but it is. Um, but, you know, all things considered, now it's time to start nibbling at some of the other stuff, like the cost of the ships that you got to put out there. Because let's say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say you're making 200 million on every one of these, which are not, um, you can't have it take three weeks to replace the ship that you're going to use when these guys in the Gila's and the T sixes are doing it in freaking 20 minutes, you know, it's just ridiculous. Right. So you one side pays some- for your ship. Yeah, got to get a little more, got to get that stuff in line a little bit. But those conversations are happening. And that is absolutely what on the CSM we are poking and prodding very hard at. And 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 they they allude to that in here. Go ahead. uh, Well, on the on the stream before this, they they said that that they thought uh, dreadnoughts were too expensive and um, we're going to be doing something to try and bring down the price on them. Um, whether or not exactly. we agree with them on what the right price should be, that's probably a different story. But um, yeah, like these crab sites, if you can get dreads down to like a three billion disc replacement cost, then like you're done. That's it. I mean, Merck, Merck says that the dreads are no longer the most expensive ammo. And that's right, because they're not ammo anymore. You can't afford to use them like they're ammo. They cost too much. So they're being husbanded and they're being treated like, very special ships that you really can only field unless you are crazy, like snuffed out, or you have so many of them that it doesn't matter, also like snuffed out. So it's one of these things where we know that they need to bring the prices down. They know that they need to bring the prices down. The question now is going to be, how do they do it? And we'll get to that in a minute. So the next up, this is another big major thing that I think was huge. And I know the battleship changes, you guys want to talk about that, but we're going to go, we're, we're almost there. Um, did I skip it? I don't think I skipped it. Did well, I, I did skip kind of it. The You're right. Chain. I did skip it. I mean, the roll bonus ahead, uh, above, yeah, with the last two bonus, but like the, the real thing is walking back the surgical strike, uh, resist. Bot- right. Okay. Brisk, take us into the battleship stuff. Well, do the battleship thing real quick. So first of all, I mean, the one thing that I think everybody here probably would agree with, and I hope that you would agree with me on this because, uh, I'm right is battleships are more fun to fly than hacks. Okay. I like heavy assault yeah. crews as much as the next guy, but battleships are more fun. Battleships are iconic. They are Eve. They are the. They were the premier Eve ship when the game shipped out originally in 2003. They were the one, the thing that everybody wanted to get into. When I started playing in 2006, my biggest goal as a player was I want to fly a Raven. I, I achieved that goal and went on to other ones. But for me, battleships are always the most fun. But unfortunately, they have been thrown to the back of the line by a number of changes to the meta which has basically resulted in hacks being number one. Now, CCP is changing that. They are trying to change that at the very least. We are seeing now, finally, after begging them and begging them and begging them, that they're going to go ahead and make some changes to battleships. First of all, they're adding a new roll bonus to battleships that will increase the effectiveness of armor plates by 50%, increase the effectiveness of shield extenders by 100%, and they're reducing the large micro jump drive fitting so that you can fit them and and still be able to fit a tank and potentially a MWD or another prop mod. So this is huge. And it impacts all battleships, not just regular battleships, not just T1, but includes faction, it includes pirate, it includes black ops, it includes marauders, all of them. And I think when you couple this with what we're going to talk about now, which is the big 
big, big major change that everybody is really, really excited about, which is the rollback or the partial rollback of the surgical strike EHP reduction resist, resist nerf that happened about a year ago. These battleships are going to be viable again in big numbers. You're going to start seeing them out in fleets again, I think. And I think they're going to start smacking the hacks around because they're finally going to be able to do enough damage and be survivable enough that they're going to be more useful than a hack with an ADC. So, Surgical Strike. This is big. If you have been playing since the Surgical Strike nerf, especially if you are a wormholer, especially if you are in Nullsec and you owned a Super or a Titan, you have been bitching about the Surgical Strike changes for a while. The, the nerf to resistances reduced the effective hit points of so many ships that a lot of things that weren't vi that were viable before became less viable, and a lot of the fights that would have happened didn't happen because people weren't willing to put ships that were way squishier than they had been just a day before on grid anymore. And that has caused a lack of content and a lot of other things. So the fact that CCP is willing to roll at least partially roll back these nerfs, they are cutting the nerf in half. This is going to be a huge deal. So they are they've had half of the resistances they lost returned. So if you had 100% before it went to 50, now you're up to 75. It's not back to 100, but it's way better than it was before, and I think coupled with the battleship stuff, it's going to have a big impact on the meta. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, combined, I, I'm I'm a little cautious about saying my real opinions on this because I'm afraid of the monkey's paw, right? Like so many of these things, including this, is essentially backing off a dumb thing that they did and took away from the game in a way that negatively impacted the game, right? And they're sort of barely admitting that they screwed up without saying we screwed up or responding to player feedback or whatever, rather than just going, gosh, whoops. Um, I, I, I think that when it comes to all of these things, I want to, I want to adopt a stance of extreme caution uh, for everyone, because one of the challenges that we have here is, is that, you know, I've been around this song and dance routine so many times now, like navigating the Incarna crisis a decade ago, where, you know, they, they suddenly go, Oh, okay. We're listening now. We're listening now. Believe us. We're going to make changes and it's going to be better and it's going to be fine. And my attitude is basically, let's see. And the good thing is a lot of these things are actually on the test server now. So we are seeing that the rubber is hitting the road in some of these areas. One of the biggest issues with battleships is that they can get vaporized by bombers. Now, the formations make it a little bit easier to dodge huge bomb runs. But one of the reasons we haven't seen much battleship action in general uh, is not only a, a lack of uh, cost efficiency, uh, the hacks are extremely strong. But one of the reasons why hacks exist is that, you know, you don't really have to worry about a hack fleet getting vaporized by bombers nearly as much as you do with battleships. Uh, so I am interested to see where this goes. Uh, I, I think it's cool that they're going to do it. The battleship meta eras of EVE have historically been, at least in my experience, the most fun big block wars, right? Because there's just nothing like the, the back in the day when you have hundreds of battleships on the field or even 1,100 megathrons. Lots of fun things happen because battleships require commitment, right? It's not like the Munin meta where it's like, well, I've decided that I've overcommitted and so we're all going to nano away off and press our ADCs and minimize our damage. Uh, uh, hack metas tend to come down to just you kill logistic ships until one side runs away. Uh, it, so I, I am cautiously optimistic about this. I think that battleships are wonderful. CCP's added a lot of 
effort into making battleships cool. Like remember how excited I got on the meta show when they had announced the frigate escape bay, but it was like, well, great. We have this cool thing that's in a battleship, but because they haven't fixed the fucking hack meta, it doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, all, all of this stuff I think is good, but I just want to, I just want to rain on the parade. I want to pee in the Cheerios of anybody who is getting their, their cheerleader pom-poms out here to, to hooray CCB on, uh, if they are able to deliver on these promises, that is wonderful. But I want people to keep in mind how long and how hard we have had to fight for some of these things. And it still costs nine billion is to build a dreadnought. Uh, and there we're in, we're in prosperity now. So just keep in mind, I want heavy doses of skepticism. Do not, do not suddenly hand out gold stars just because they promise to do better. They must actually do better, but this cautiously, extremely cautiously in a non-trusting way, because like I said, the benefit of the doubt is not a God-given right. Uh, this is the kind of thing that we would like to see. This is the kind of thing we would like to see. It is the kind of thing we'd like to see implemented in the video game effectively as promised. Uh, and we will have to see if they are able to stick the landing. And I hope that they're able to. Um, yeah. We shall see. Uh, so as my friend Johnny Candles just sent me a, a note, he said, this kind of reminds me of, oh boy, the state's giving us an extra ounce of chocolate per week. Don't <laughs> don't forget the fact that they cut it by three ounces a month ago. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Anyway, I always appreciate a good Orwellian reference when uh, I get one. Now we're going to keep going. Battleships, I, again, and I think, you know, Mittens is absolutely correct. You know, we have to, everything that ha is here is words until it's not. And we always want to see all this stuff end up on CC and see how it plays out. Uh, some of the stuff we thought was going to be great turned out to be not great. Some stuff we thought was going to be horrible turned out to be good. So the proof is in the pudding, and we will need to see this when it gets translated into action in the game. But at the very least, we're hearing the right things. And this is much better than being talked down to and told why we're wrong about stuff. We're finally hearing them say, you know what, you guys are right. And that feels pretty good. So another thing, another big thing added here. They finally confirmed what we saw on CC a couple months ago that got everybody excited, which was the Rorqual being able to conduit jump ships. Now, we don't have a lot of details on how this is going to work, but they are finally confirming for the first time that this is something that they are actively working on. Now, we don't know right now whether it'll be just mining ships that can conduit jump with the Rorqual, whether it can be other things like freighters or haulers. We don't know yet. Uh, I would like to think that that would be a potential thing. I think using a Rorqual as the base to move your hauler fleet around uh, might be a good solution for the groups that can't afford jump freighters to be able to, to do logistics. Uh, but at the same time, I can understand why folks may not want that if they're sitting on a lot of jump freighters and they want to corner the market. So we'll see. I think in the long run, we'll find out what CCP means by this and what they're going to do with it. But I think it is welcome because it's something that players have been asking for and we're excited about since they saw the leaks a couple months ago uh, that this was going to happen. Well, I think it's we almost can, worth, go ahead. Num. I think we can speculate fairly uh, reliably because they're calling it a conduit jump. So um, what I would expect would be that it'll work exactly like the Black Ops conduit and I would also expect that it would work with the, uh, you know, any of the ships that can go in the uh, Rorqual SMA. And that makes, and that makes sense to me too. The, it's, uh, it's, 
the conduit yeah. jump though is like a weird term. I, I don't, if you've never done one before with a black ops, it probably sounds like a filament or something. It's not that it's just an additional option in the pull down where instead of you opening up a bridge, the, the way that you would have with a, with a, with a black ops battleship, it basically just grabs everybody who's eligible around you and they jump with you and you go with the group right away. That's a conduit jump. It doesn't take any materials that are abnormal or anything like that other than the standard fuel but it the name is funny and if you've never done it people are like what the fuck is a conduit you know like what am i gonna have to do here so it's no big deal it's handy and it's a good mechanic i really this is i feel like if they would have been if they would have combined this with the last big work nerf where they tried to sort of force everyone over to burges um i think that whole patch would have gone over a lot better if they had included this instead of uh, making us wait months and uh, you know speculate yeah. whether or not it's actually going to arrive, but yeah. better late just, than never. To Merck's point, just to, just to keep in mind, the differences between a bridge and the conduit jump, one, the bridger doesn't go anywhere on a bridge. Uh, you do, and you use cap, and it takes fuel. The conduit jump, every, it takes less fuel to do that, and it jumps everybody at the same time. You're not worried about people right-clicking on their capacitor and hitting bridge. You're not worried about any of that stuff. Everybody that's there goes. So I, I find, at least in my experience with Black Ops, I much prefer the conduit jump than the bridge. You get your guys on grid at the same time. You can instantly get going. You're not worrying about people disconnecting or who didn't bridge or who's AFK or whatever. They're all there. Now, if you're the, you're the dummy that goes and takes a piss when you're going to conduit jump, then, yeah, maybe you're going to die, but you probably deserve to die anyway. Just saying. All right. Now, um, <laughs> and I think, I mean, and, and, and to make it clear, like, for example, you know, we use, I know in it, we, we use these, the conduit jumping all the time. Like, it's a big deal. We use it on our Lokis, we, with our Dreamcatcher fleet. Uh, we will do that. It's a great way to sneak up on somebody when they're not expecting it. And you, you jump in through, you get a whole Blops group going through there. Anything that can fit a Kovops cloak can can take the blops and boom. You know, you've got a bunch of really nasty guys on grid fucking with you very quickly. It's pretty awesome. So we're happy that that, I mean, that, that was a great change when they did that. And if they can do something similar, even if it's just for mining ships, like, like Namnon was saying, uh, I think that'll still be very, very beneficial. All right, moving on. This, this we're in the, we're in the part of the update here where they get very speculative. And this is the area where I think, I think Mittens is 100% correct. We need to be very careful with CCP Monkey's Paw because we don't know what they're going to do. But they said, and they're confirming again on the blueprint changes that Merck talked about, that they recognize that faction ships, dreads, and other capitals are too expensive, and they're going to update the blueprint requirements prior to FanFest. We don't know what that means. We don't know what they're going to tinker with. Are they going to tinker with PI? Are they going to tinker with wormhole gas? Are they going to tinker with the things, the other things that have caused the prices of capitals to increase astronomically since the industry changes last year? We don't know what they're going to do, but they're committing to do something. So if you guys have got ideas or you want, you, you are a hundred percent positive. You had to fix this problem. Now's the time to put that stuff out there whether it's on the CSM forum, on the regular forums, whether it's on Reddit, whether it's talking to one of your CSM representatives directly, probably me because I'm the one that listens to all of you people. Uh, but at the very least, if you want to get that information in the hands of CCP, now's the time to do it because this is their, something they're actively working on. And I know that 
Uh, we on the CSM will be working with them as well. We've identified things we think are issues, wormhole gas being probably the number one. Uh, we know what needs to get worked on. Mittens, yeah. you look like you're going to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, the wormhole gas thing is kind of like bottlenecking isogen and low sec, right? Like, again, so many of these things, and I, I, I want to remind everybody of this because I it bothers me when I see gamers act like whipped dogs when it comes to, to companies that are being nice to them. Now, we are not doing that here. I'm not saying that. But when you see a, a company... Uh, do something that they screwed up and then they promise that they're totally going to fix it on this show for months, even like for months and months and months, I have been quoting prices of wyverns. We've been talking about putting water in wyverns and there's still stuff full all the way across Eve where the Vertati administration has done a bunch of really dumb things based upon not knowing how the game works. And now lo and behold, we're having this amazing gosh, guys, they're saying the right thing. I am not fooled. I am not fooled when I see we're going to fix caps and we're not going to say how we're going to do it. And we're totally going to do something uh, until we actually see something that makes it viable to build a dreadnought. Uh, and it isn't just an ego defense mechanism for the Rattati administration to shirk from the responsibility of the things that they broke that, and it's good that they should stop breaking things and they, they should work to repair stuff in Eve, but don't tell me that trying to fix a problem that you created is a feature. It's you hopefully owning your mistakes and unfucking them. And that is a lot of what we're seeing in this dev blog, which is great. Uh, but it does not change the fact that for months and months and months and months and months and months and months, we have clearly identified the challenges with building capital ships and people don't make them. People do not build capital ships. If you look at the price of a jump freighter, if you look at the price of a freighter, uh, you know, the, the build cost of a bare dreadnought hull is like 9 billion isk now. Uh, and so the same people that have been insisting to us that this situation is prosperity, that we are in prosperity now, uh, are telling us that they're going to fix all these other mistakes that they made and they created and that they insisted were not mistakes. So, again, I'm going to be pissing in the Cheerios here is, you know, uh, benefit of the doubt isn't a God given right. Fix it Got and it. you'll get the gold stars. All right, we're going to move on here because we got we got still got a lot of stuff to talk Speaking about. Speaking of we're things that need to be can we talk about what they did to the dynamic bounty system? Because this is a perfect we're illustration right now. We're yeah, getting there. Okay. All, All right. right, real quick, last thing. They are working on structure updates. We're going to get more information on that in the future. Uh, we don't have the numbers right now. We don't have anything other than that they're committing to doing that. That's great. Last thing, this was something that was not really paid much attention to in the dev blog. But you know how we've been talking about quadrants for the last two years? They're not doing those anymore. No more quadrants. Quadrants are gone. That is a thing of the past. We are evolving past quadrants. So now we are doing nothing until we get, we're on the road to FanFest. The next big thing will be at FanFest. So they're not going to be doing quadrants from now on. Okay. Now let's move on to what we wanted to talk about here that Mittens was 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 bringing up, and, and I think it's important <laughs> that we talk about. The dynamic oh. bounty system, the bounty risk modifier. If you have been ratting in NullSec, you know that we now have a dynamic bounty system that changes the amount of money you make per tick based on how much ratting has been done in a system versus how much PvP has been done in the system. The floor was 30%. They have changed that now. It is now 50%. We saw that last week. We talked about that on last week's show. 
The high end is 200% in systems with a lot of PvP activity. 1DQ, for instance, is usually at around 200%, because despite the fact that it is the capital system of the Imperium, the most powerful group in the game, it also sees a lot of dead things, because goons do stupid things, and we lose a lot of stuff. So... The important thing for people who are in charge of big groups, whether it's Pandemic Horde, whether it's the Goons Form Federation, whether it's the Initiative or elsewhere, is managing your dynamic bounty system levels so that you're not over-farming systems and dumping the ratting numbers into the toilet while letting other systems go too high and not taking advantage of the, of the stuff there. So you need to move your guys around. You need to pay attention to it. And what did we discover? Oof. It what did we good. discover? It was Go ahead, Mark. Good. Tell them. Walk them through it. All right. I have 100 problems with the dynamic bounty system. First and foremost, it does exactly the opposite of its stated objective. It is a activity-destroying mechanism, nothing else. There is no vibrancy in space. There is no, boy, this is, there isn't a single fucking person out there saying, boy, isn't that great? It sucks in every way, shape, and form, and I'll tell you why. Number one, what did we discover this week? And we discovered this on Reddit. Boy, it's it's a damn chilling shower when you discover shit like this on Reddit. So here we have in the game, the dynamic bounty system. Here we have outside of the game, the, the database that controls the dynamic bounty system. So what we discovered, the dynamic bounty system is always billed as something that, hey, we've added some knobs and some levers, and we're going to be keeping an eye on this stuff, and we'll tweak it as appropriate. But it's super secret, and you don't oh, know how it by works. by the way, the connection between those two things has been broken since forever. So what is being displayed in your in-game client was wrong, right? It was wrong. So the database, good news, everybody, the database has been keeping tabs on how much you've been drinking at the bar that you forgot about six months ago. But so what did we do? We fixed the glitch. Now the two of them are talking. And in one day, this is one of those days where I wake up with 20 fucking private messages on discord in one day, the entirety of occupied Nullsec was completely torched. It's it. You, you could have had 110% DBS modifiers showing up in your client the day before the next day you're at 50% all of a sudden. So here's the problem with this shitty, shitty broken mechanic that the best thing they can do. If you, if you're to ask me just real quick, how do you fix it? Fix it by getting rid of it, first of all. But if you're not going to get rid of it, you've got to make some major changes to the way that it works because little guy in his Myrmidon who's thinking, okay, what can I do with myself today in EVE Online logs into his favorite system, checks the couple systems around it and says, oh my God, these are all completely torched. Being in a Myrmidon and ratting is shitty enough money in the first place. And I know here we are in the era of plexparity, where the only way to make a fucking buck in Eve is to spend a buck in real life. Fuck that. That's bullshit. So this little Myrmidon guy is the backbone to all content in EVE Online. I do not rat. My friends do not rat. Guess what we do? We shoot, we shoot ratters. the guys ratting. What do you do when there aren't any of them anymore? Because the DBS says, don't fucking do this. It's not worth your time. This is what I go back to when I was talking about the dread sites, uh, the crab sites. Everything must be tuned off the abyssals because here's what happens, kids. When when our little Johnny Ratter discovers that it's just not fucking worth going, 
they go do something else. And what they go do is either play another video game or go run abyssals. And those are exactly the same fucking thing. The guy doing abyssals <laughs> does not exist in the sandbox anymore. They are not hunted. They are not a participant in the, in anything. They're just gone, whisked away to a private dungeon. They don't have to interact with any of us any longer. This is a flawed and broken system. Get the fuck rid of it already. You fixed it and made it worse. It was already awful. I promise you, it's got to go. Now, what what if you see on the screen here, I've got this here. So CCP Tron came onto Reddit and tried to explain what had happened. And he said that the system that calculates the bounty risk modifiers is on an it's outside the monolith. It's it's another server. And for some reason, they're working on a way on a project on how it communicates with the main server and it crossed a point of no return, and that caused the thing to fail entirely. So while the BRM on the back end was still being computed properly, what we were seeing in space was whatever it was at the time that it broke, and nothing was moving and nothing was changing. So you're, again, as Mark said, you're going into a system seeing 120. You don't realize it's actually 50. You're going to keep going out there ratting. You're making no money, and you're like, what the hell's going on here? This sucks. And then when they fix it, boom, everything goes down to 50% because everybody was was ratting in the places that had a high number, thinking that this has a high number, so I'm going to rat the shit out of it while I can make money on it. And the problem is they don't seem to understand why that's a big deal. Well, it didn't... Don't worry, guys. All of your data, all of the stuff that was happening was still being computed properly. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything if the information that we're using to determine where we go to do something is wrong. You know, it doesn't help me if if a cop pulls me over and says, sir, why were you doing 115 miles an hour in a 55? And I said, well, officer, my, my speedometer says I'm doing 55. He's not going to give a shit that I thought I was doing the right thing. The reality was I was going way, way faster than I was supposed to. And that's what happened. And then all of a sudden, boom, the next day, everybody sees this. And rightfully so, line members were pissed off. And what the hell happened here? And it can't happen again. But so far, other than this statement, we have not seen anything official come out from CCP talking about this. I'm hoping that we will get to see an official response to it and at least some kind of a, uh, of a of an ongoing discussion about whether the DBS and the dynamic bounty system, whether the whether the bounty risk modifier is working as intended. We've already seen changes made. They increased the the floor from thirty percent to fifty percent last week. That's that's the sign that tells me that thirty percent was too low, and that they recognize that. But at the same time, if if the point of the system. If the point of this system was to get groups to spread around and move around and cause conflict, Nam, has that happened? What would you call a mechanic that doesn't do what it's supposed to do? It's uh, it's a failure. It doesn't. All it does is it pushes people out of space. It takes people who they log in, they look at their system, they see that 30% or that 50%, and they say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go play ARC instead. Well, yeah. And the this this whole thing is made worse by the fact that we don't know how the system works. You know, we know the fifty percent. We know that killing rats uh, turn uh, reduces it. We know that ships dying increases it. 
But other than that, it's a black box. So, you know, this thing's been broken for months. CCP has obviously not been paying any attention to it, which is, again, the, the, the whole the pitch for it in the first place was that it gives them all these levers and they can watch and they can tweak things in real time. And the reality is that they put it in there and they forgot about it for months. And because we don't know how it works, the players have no ability to look at this and say, Oh, well, this is broken. Hey, CCP, can you take a look at this? And so I don't think it's realistic to ask CCP to get rid of it, even though that's what they should do. But the next step here should be CCP needs to just open up how it works and we can start talking there and talk about the details of the mechanics and how we can adjust it to uh, at least make it not shut down space or maybe even figure out how to get it to um, actually achieve the goal that it was supposed to. Uh, you know, one of the things that just grinds my gears about this whole DBS thing and a lot of these Rotati administration features is just, and remember, keep in mind, CCP was bragging for a long time in FanFest keynotes and various other things about how they have people like CCP Ghost, the psychology guy, who are there to do the psychology and tell you how the players really worked. The DBS sounds like a complicated system, but I want to tell you the dumbest thing about it is if you make money in a system, the, the bounty goes down. So you make less money. The way you're supposed to make the, the bounty system go back up is ships blowing up. But why the fuck would you take a spaceship and go fly it in space in a system where the, the where you're going to make half of the money? So there's no reason for ships to be out there and get blown up. So you designed a system to drive people away from over exploiting a, a given system. So they leave the system, they go elsewhere, and then congratulations, you've wiped out basically all of the galaxy where people have this stuff and have used it. And oh, naturally, it's going to regenerate over time. The fact that CCP thought that people would go fight and engage in gameplay in a system that has been drained of all economic value instead of avoiding it and going to places where they think they will make money, like abyssals, is just astounding. Like, please, someone at CCP, tell me the genius plan you had for how you are going to have players go to a system where they make half as much money and some of it goes into your stupid reserve bank system, which is also a total embarrassing failure. That's, a, that's another, that's a whole other topic. Ashamed about. <laughs> and you're going to tell me that we should trust you that your amazing system, which relies on people getting blown up in a system that nobody has a reason to go to because they don't make any money there. I mean, they could tweak it by increasing regenerate, like it regenerates naturally over time and then you tune it. But the fact that it began with an idea of, okay, we're going we're gonna to drive people away from a system by reducing the amount of money they make in a system. And then magically people are going to go there and fight over literally nothing because there's no reason to be in a drained system out in space, putting yourself at risk when you could just be, I don't know, doing Doctor Who stuff in, a, in, in an abyssal or whatever the fuck it is that people do. The fact that these activities are not being tuned against the gold standard of you could just go into an abyssal 
and make money pretty much with no risk compared to every other activity in EVE Online because every EVE player is going to be going, well, I could do this or I could just run abyssals on an alt. And until CCB realizes that maybe they should talk to their psychology guy about how players actually work instead of insisting that they know when clearly they don't because all of this dev blog and this DBS situation is just one big pile of eating crow and walking back stuff that they fucked up in the first place right? Fix it. There's no excuse for a game developer that is making that much money per quarter for be making to be still making this level of just, oops, we can't run a script and get the MER right. Because if there's a day, if there's a month that has 31 days in it, you know, you only get 30 days of data and oops, we broke the DBS over here. There is a simple way that you can do things called playtesting or QA or just playing your goddamn game. Get out there and try to build a capital ship and then tell me that it's fine, right? Get out there and use your DBS and then tell me that it's fine. Um, so we're just uncovering these flaming bags of shit. And uh, it's unfortunate. CCB had about a day of good positive reaction from the, we're going to take away the dumb bad things that we did dev blog. And then here's a new dumb bad thing. So I hope for the best. I absolutely hope for the best, but I'll tell you what, when we have, we have meetings in the Imperium, we get together with the directorate, we are not planning around CCP's promises. We are not planning and going, we're looking a quarter out and going, how much should we allocate for this? And you know, what is this project? What are we going to do? We have to plan around a level of incompetence that has a incentive to make money in systems where the thing gets drained and nobody ever goes back to the system. It's just, yeah. Um, I can only listen to so many nice things be said about CCB before I have to remind everyone the actual ground truth of what we've been dealing with. And this DBS situation is a great example of, you know, it was broken, but even if it was working perfectly, the perfect execution of the CCB system has a incentive for people to abandon a given system and never go back to that system because why would people be in space? It only regenerates if there's people in space getting blown up. Mittens, there's like 500 trillion isk out there in the main banks you guys got all the money you could ever need you should use your ess keys because what do you know you're just a null segger it's just it's so dumb it's like we get up here on the meta show and we warn these guys the csm warns these guys just asking somebody that plays the game how have you talked to a capital ship builder or are they just oh it's a null sec conspiracy we warned you and here you are in this situation having to walk back a bunch of stuff that we told you the csm told you the players told you don't do this damn silly thing in this damn silly way and then they went and did it and they're looking for cookies and gold stars while they're fucking up some other shit please just listen to the CSM and the players. And just after Incarna, we had to do the crucible thing. Just let's let's just do nice, easy, safe plays. Work on the basic competence. Get your economics reports working such that you can see what the ground truth is. Try to see the chessboard. If you don't understand what the chessboard is, your gosh, I, I don't know how to build a capital ship build a cap ship or have one of your devs build a cap ship or get somebody to actually go through the motions of playing Eve online. Because believe me, even if you play in client as little as I do, uh, you will run into these huge problems and you will go, gosh, maybe we should fix it. So gosh, maybe you should fix it. Yeah, anyway, the reserve banks are the worst. Like you can, the, the DBM, whatever you can argue, whatever you want. It kind of does something, but 
the reserve banks are just a complete and utter failure. There's trillions of ISK sitting in them. The the even in theory, the ISK for them will wind up going to the people in LOSEC who are running the sites to get the keys. Both of them. But nobody runs them anyways because they're overly difficult, overly rare. And that's not really even part of the problem because in the end, the keys are a gift card. The keys are a hundred dollar gift card and you can use it to get a hundred dollars out of the reserve bank. So whoever gets it, you're not going to, you're going to sell it for $90. And so the, no matter what you do to the system right now, the, the reserve bank is if anyone started caring enough to actually get it would all just funnel into low sec. And so the notion that null sec in any way would be getting this isk is just utterly wrong. And that's been the result. And that's why, as we showed you guys last week, there are systems all around the game that are sitting on 60, 70, 80, 90, hundred billion isk worth of, of, of wealth sitting in these reserve banks that even the people that own the systems are not going to take it out because it's impossible to do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is 5.06, but guess what? We're not done yet because two things. One, next week, programming note, we will be skipping the show next week. I have to be in Alaska, so there will be no meta show next week. So Good to know. we're going to go long tonight because there's something still we want to talk about, which is the Pearl Abyss fourth quarter earnings call which was on tuesday and noisy gamer and myself and river and a couple other people were on the call and we wanted to go over it with you because you're probably going to get pissed again so we're going to do a second piercing the corporate veil and then we'll be back all right so wrong where, where are we at? There we are. Pearl Abyss did their fourth quarter 2021 earnings call. I'm going to th- pull it down here. If you go down here to this page, they talk about how they did. Their operating revenue. This is interesting. And Noisy and I were very uh, interested in this. Their operating revenue. Wow, that's really big. I should make my little thing smaller. Um they finally, they, they, they increased money for the first time in a while. It had been going down pretty significantly. You can see 105.6 billion won, 100.9, 88.5, Second quarter, they actually had a loss, but they're up to 118 billion. Looks like they're moving up in the world. This is great, right? Well, eh, kind of, but not really, because... Why did they? Why did it move up so well? Well, we're going to find out. And the other thing I want to, I want to point out here is, Eve Alliance tournament. They talked about NFTs again, and they highlighted that massively OP said that Eve Online was one of the healthiest live MMOs in 2021. That is true. They also said World of Warcraft was one of the healthiest uh, MMOs in the same article. Take that as you will. Okay. So by healthy, you mean alive. Well, uh, yes, like, there's the fact still that it's people in traction it. in the ICU doesn't matter at all. It's healthy. Right. It's not dead. So it's, it's healthy. not dead. I'm therefore sorry. It's I thought alive. I was coming here for cemetery talk today. I'm shocked that we're doing this. But go ahead, please. There we go. All right. So 
So let's look at the oh, the quarter by quarter number. So here's the deal. So looking at this, this is the uh, the the their their operating revenue numbers, uh, their net profit. They they made a profit. They had an operating profit this year. Revenue by core IP. So they break this out to Black Desert, which is here, and Eve, which is here. Now, if you see this, Eve made eighteen point four million, uh, eighteen point four billion won in quarter four, 2021. That is down about 400 million won. That's about $330,000 over third quarter. And it's down about 700 million Korean won, which is about 580,000 over this time in 2020, fourth quarter, 2020. Now, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be bluntly honest. They only lost about 330000 in the fourth quarter. I think we are all expecting to see a number that was much worse than that. Now, still, it is about a 5% drop year over year. And the IP, and the thing here is this also includes, it's not just, this is not profit, this is just revenue. This is revenue, and it doesn't include, it includes both Eve Echoes and includes Eve Online. Any Anything that is that is part of the Eve IP that is generating money is in here. So... We don't know what the percentage is that's Echoes. We don't know what the percentage is that's Echoes in China. We don't know what the percentage is that's Serenity. But we know that they did lose a little bit, but they're still doing better. And this was the second best quarter for Eve in 2021. Go figure. But here's the big thing. PA made money, but look at the Pearl of Bit. Look at the Black Desert numbers. 67 billion won. They are dropping massively in terms of the amount of money that is being made here by their core number one IP. And if you're looking at the revenue by region, North America has been beating the crap out of the rest of Asia and the rest of and Korea in particular for the last couple of months. For this almost the entire year of 2021, which is the first They've made most of their money off of North America and Europe, which is just not, it's just weird. That's not how this company has traditionally operated. They usually make more money on the Asian markets. That's, that's funky. So that, that kind of, that kind of raised our, our eyebrows a little. And then we're trying to figure out, we're looking at all, all the different stuff in here, where all the money came from, what they're talking about. And they never really discussed where, this operating net profit, net revenue increase to 111 billion won, where that came from. So it wasn't just Noisy and I wondering, where did this come from? It was also all the guys on their call were wondering the same thing. So the investors start asking, well, where did this all come from? Where did this money come from? And the answer is, there's a subsidiary of Pearl Abyss called Pearl Abyss Capital, that has been investing in a bunch of metaverse, blockchain, NFT, cryptocurrency type things, and they turned a big profit last quarter, enough that it bumped their numbers up pretty considerably. So this is kind of the thing that worries us. And I'll tell you, Noisy and I were going back and forth during the call, and... I could not believe the number of times the words metaverse and blockchain 
were I mean if they if they had been if they had been if they if we had done a metaverse blockchain NFT cryptocurrency drinking game during this call noisy and I would have ended up in the hospital okay that's how many times they were they talked about it and one of the things that they said and that that noisy was good enough to tra to transcribe for us was this statement which I think scares the living shit out of all of us and I think it, it demonstrates there is a fundamental disconnect between how the northern, the North American, South American, European, uh, non-Asian gamer looks at NFTs and blockchain and crypto, and the Asian Asian gamer looks at it, because these guys seem to think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and they keep bringing it up, and they're not. I, I guess they're not getting any pushback from their players about it like they are like companies are over here but they, they they flat out said the game industry is rapidly changing within games there's consumption and goods or item accumulation that just happened that was limited to the virtual world but now times have changed and now the values that users have created have meaning even outside of the virtual worlds and are acting as assets so they're talking about the whole idea of being able to create things in the game that have real world value we've been doing that in even a long time that's one of the reasons why rmt is still a problem is because there's stuff generated that people are willing to trade real-life money for in the game. But instead of trying to crack down on that, they're wanting to open it up. So they're saying, we need to create the need to create value by playing games actually existed before the idea of play-to-earn, which is a buzzword nowadays. Thanks for noticing that, by the way. We see many trends that happened in the past. We saw the development of video games in the early 2000s with the wild popularity of esports, and then smartphones saw more streaming broadcasts. They're coming. They're basically got the idea that everybody wants to play games to make money, when the reality is we want to play games to take our minds off of all the stuff that otherwise we would be doing in real life. A lot of which include making money. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but when I go streaming, I'm just trying to entertain you all and have a good time. I'm not trying to make any money. But I guess this they feel like because that is a the, thing that 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 everybody wants that. The thing I want to know is so this play to earn thing, like RMT exists in every game that's out there. If I make if I make money in the game and I sell it and I'm earning money, I'm going to get banned for most of those games. So how does adding the blockchain to this somehow? make this acceptable and not a problem like it is currently it, it, it's you know it smacks of sort of a, a business model desperation right what's so funny to me about this is uh you have a scenario like so in the united states uh car companies used to be primarily about cars and i haven't looked at the statistics on this so please correct me when i am wrong because i will be wrong but eventually we saw that the finance arms of a lot of traditional manufacturing companies like you know if you have a uh you know a financing system Fred. to help people get you know car loans and something like that uh eventually that aspect the financialization ends up being one of the main profit centers of the entity and it's less about uh necessarily selling or building automobiles and more financing the loans related to enable people to buy these things. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here because clearly Pearl Abyss's core market is shifting because 53% of their revenue came from North America and Europe, who gamers in NA and EU are pretty uh, vehemently against all things NFTs. And like I've said on the show before, when I see an investor facing 
call and they're herfing all these blurfs about the meta, you know, the, 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 the metaverse and the blockchain and, you know, Snapple blockchain and all this, this tulip nonsense. Cause remember guys, NFTs, crypto, all this stuff, it's all just fucking tulips, right? Just like the, the Dutch had their nonsense 400 years ago. This is yet another iteration. It's all just tulip bulbs. Ignore it. Uh, but the investors and the people that are financing and floating the share prices of these companies, they don't know a damn thing about video games. And they just hear metaverse, blockchain, you know, virtual reality, you know, land on the internet. Uh, even though none of these concepts are new, uh, I really think that the audience for this uh, is less gamers and, and more uh, Pearl Abyss is attempting to keep their investors happy and maybe get new investors uh, on something that is, is, doesn't really have a future. And one of the things that I really want to say, it doesn't have a future because as we ourselves saw here, when uh, Hilmar started herfing blurfs about NFTs and got on the meta show and we said, mock and shame anyone who tries to scam you with NFTs. If anyone tries to tell you about NFTs being a good thing, just start shitting on them about their bored ape yacht clubs and just be relentless because they're trying to scam you or they're idiots which is even more dangerous because if they're idiots that are true believers, that's worse than a scammer. It's going to get a lot of people into trouble. Uh, and what we found was it, not just in Eve, but across the games industry as a whole, uh, video game players, at least in NA and EU, were like, what the fuck is this shit? No, absolutely not. And threw tomatoes at anybody from the developer or the investor side that was uh, trying to force this crap on us. So we know that shaming works. We should continue to do it. The appropriate reaction whenever any game company starts trying to push NFTs, blockchain, pay to earn, any of this bullshit into your game is to be loud and proud in shitting on NFTs and shitting on the crypto crypto crap and just saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go along with this. I'm not going to nod along to the Zuckerberg show. We're not going to go, oh yeah, pay to earn. This is good. Um, and that's a way that we can keep it from going anywhere. It hasn't, I, I don't think it's going to make money. I think that it isn't, I, I'm like, I'm not so worried about this from a game altering perspective because I don't know anybody that wants NFTs because none of my friends want NFTs and I'm going to keep it that way. Uh, so, you know, I just don't think there's much of a customer base for it, but it's embarrassing and it's disturbing to see, unfortunately. And, and just the last thing I'm going to say about this, and then we're going to wrap up because I know we are uh, 20 minutes over time, and that was a lot more show than you guys deserved extra, just saying. Uh, there's there, there's this old saying that if you, if you do what you love to make a living, you'll never work a day in your life. And in my experience, that is utter bullshit. The reality is if you make your hobby your job, you're not going to like your hobby as much as you did before. And I've seen this happen to me in real life a dozen times over. I love baseball. It's one of my favorite things. I never thought that I would get tired of going to baseball games for work until I had to. Anytime you try to, like, you, you turn games into a thing that you need to do to eat, they're not going to be fun anymore. They're going to be work. And people are going to wake up and they're going to dread having to go downstairs and log in and play a game. And that's not what you want players to do you want players to find joy and happiness and excitement and pleasure in playing games and not make it a fucking drag because it's your job just saying and i'll tell you every one of these big streamers out there that makes a ton of money playing games they'll tell you that too because they're the ones that are on the hook that they have to be entertaining all the time it's hard it's not an easy thing to do that Anyway, that's my last thing I'm going to say about this. All right, gentlemen, we are at the end of the show. We are 20 minutes over. 
Merck, Nam, do you have any final words to say before we get out of here? I do. You dumb bastard. <laughs> it's a sailboat, not a schooner. Yeah, go on, though. Have a nice day, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Nam, what about you? Uh, just that uh, crypto is a Ponzi scheme, and only in its it's going to be bad when it comes crashing down. It's going to be hilarious. There you go. <laughs> All right. Mittens, any last word, final word? Uh, anybody that loves NFTs can eat my ass. There you go. There you go. All right. Mark, I would just like to say to you, that kid is on the escalator again. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching the Meta Show. This has been the Meta Show for February 19th, 2022. I'm Bruce Ball. We were joined by Merkle Chen and Anominate, as well as the Space Emperor for the Ages, the Matani. Thank you all for watching. We will see you in two weeks. Next week, we're taking, a, we're taking it off because I got to be in the Great White North. And we will see you all next time. In the meantime, you stay classy, New Eden.